Hey, thanks for listening to Stepping Forward Podcast. We are here today with Heidi Farrell from Not Just a Step Mom, and we are so excited to meet you and to interview you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Thank Yay, you for having me. Thank you. Um, Heidi, can you start out by telling us a little bit about your situation? Like, um, how old are your stepkids? How did you meet your partner? Do you have any bio kids? All those kind of things. Yeah, sure. So we have five kids total. Uh-huh. So I have two um, older stepkids who are currently 21 and 18. And then we have three hours kids who are seven and a half, five and a half and three. So you okay. can't forget that when you have little children. They uh-huh. they take it very seriously. Yes. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yes, right. Um, and when we got married, um, the kids were, my stepkids were, um, they were nine and 12 and I didn't bring any kids into the marriage. So Mm -hmm. I brought a dog into the marriage. So that was my contribution. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, So your kids are pretty little and there's a big difference between their ages um, with your Mm -hmm. stepkids and then your bio kids. How do they get along with each other? Yeah, that's been an interesting um, process over the years. I think that when we first got married, um, they just, you know, they were just getting used to my husband and me as a couple and as uh-huh. a new parent situation in their lives. And we had a really nice first year of bonding together. But then as soon as they heard the news that, you know, we were expecting <laughs> our first child together, um, that really, that really shook them up. Yeah. I think my stepdaughter, especially because we had really bonded and she was just at that, you know, that middle school age where she was really yeah. um, needing a lot of, um, affirmation and just knowing that. I thought she was special and wasn't going to sort of forget her if I had another baby. Um, Mm -hmm. So that brought out some insecurities in her. And then with my stepson, nine, and just a little boy who just didn't want to have to deal with babies, it was kind of, (laughs) you know, his way of reacting was just, how is my life going to change and be altered through this? So um, we, you know, we had to go through that together and just reassure them that there was plenty of love in our family to go around. um, And just walk through the process very gracefully because it was, um, you know, partly it really hurt my feelings. I couldn't let on to that, but you know, this is something that I had wanted for a long time is to have my own children. And once we got married and, you know, we were a little bit older when we got married, I was almost 30 and my husband's 13 years older. So we just knew that we couldn't wait forever Uh (laughs) to start our side of it. Um, but it was just, you know, understanding that, that their needs and um, their feelings had to be validated, that I couldn't just rush in and say, oh, we're going to just be excited together. I had to right. show my friend very carefully and to the right people and um, sort of just gauge how they were feeling at that moment. If they seemed like they were in a mood to talk about what was coming with a new baby, you know, uh-huh. kind of express excitement there, but otherwise just try to keep it to myself. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and that really did once, once our first child was born, it really did change, um, our family dynamic, you know, Mm -hmm. a baby coming in always does. They just, you know, require so much more Uh of your attention. And, you know, I always say the loudest one wins. And so when the baby's screaming, it's like, I'm really sorry. I have to go tend to the baby for this, you know, situation. You want to be able to stand and listen to your child, talk to you, your stepchild talking to you or something or sharing something for your day. And it's, it's that hard balance of making them feel special and that life isn't completely different. And yet, 
you know, we do have a new baby in the house that needs my attention too. So it it was definitely a a growing pain experience, but um, they got used to it, you know, and they became just big younger siblings as each one was born. Um, They have their own sibling fights and, you know, (laughs) special moments just like anybody. But it was just, um, it was a process that we all had to just grow into, I think. So. Did your stepkids respond pretty well to your reassurances about like, yeah, we still love you. We're not trying to replace you. You're not any less important to us. Or did they struggle with it? Um, Outwardly, it seemed like most of the time it was okay. But I did notice my stepdaughter, uh, when my first, when our first hour's daughter was born, she was, um, she was 13 and we had just moved. So uh-huh. <laughs> a little background. Yeah. We, um, when we got married, we all lived in the same town with their biological mom. And then after that first year of marriage, we moved to South Dakota and we took the kids with us. That was the agreement that we would take them and have uh-huh. primary custody. Um, and so um, it was just a whole new, you know, in fact, the day my daughter was born was their first day of school in a new town. And it oh, was wow. just it was like all the stuff right at yeah. once. I just, my heart was breaking for them, but I was also excited too. So it was just really a strange set of emotions for all of uh-huh. us. <laughs> and so I think they were excited, you know, that mm-hmm. they got to have a new sibling, but there was just so many other things going on. There were, you know, feelings that I hope I make new friends at this new school. Right. And, um, what's my relationship going to be like with my birth mother that's now far away and right. be lost in the shuffle. And I did notice with my stepdaughter, um, she would retreat into her bedroom a lot just mm-hmm. because she is the kind of person who, um, doesn't necessarily come out forcefully when she needs attention. She will kind of retreat. And I really had to make a point to draw her out of her room and just say, Hey, can you come out and spend time with us? I'd really like to talk to you or, you know, when you're ready to come out, it'd be nice to see you. And I think she really needed that invitation from me to Uh come out so that she didn't feel like she was kind of intruding in my time with the baby or something like that. So she, I think because she was sensitive, I had to really make an effort to draw her out. Okay. Yeah. That I think is complicated because you just touched on a lot of life stressors. (laughs) Like you had moved. They weren't probably seeing their mom as much anymore. Um, You guys had gotten married. Like, what else did you say? They were starting a new school, which is kind of the same Mm -hmm. with the move. And then having a new sibling, they had a lot of stuff going on. Um, Yeah. Were you aware of like in kind of holding that in your mind the whole time that you were going through that? Like, I need to have empathy for these kids because they're dealing with so much. Yeah, for sure. I mean, empathy is is so important in parenting in general. You know, yeah. if we can take a look at what the needs are behind the, uh, you know, their reaction or, you know, if they're acting out in a certain way, we, you know, it's so important for us to look beyond that and see what is that thing that's missing um, right now in, in their life. And I tried to do that, but, you know, life does get busy and life gets carried away. Yeah. And so sometimes I probably just didn't do it as much as I could have. And then when, you know, we would be confronted with a behavior thing or an, you know, attitude thing uh-huh. that was uh-huh. time to go, Oh, backpedal a little bit. What, you know, what are they needing right now? Are they needing some one-on-one time with, with my husband and having that to remember that they are special too, because, you know, as soon as a baby comes into the family, the baby gets all that attention and, you know, it's yeah. kind of understandable from the mom, but you know, this is their dad. This is the one who has raised them from the beginning yeah. and now he's distracted a little bit too. And so I tried to make a point to send them off on, you know, little dates here and there together with dad and, you know, go to a movie with him or go get, you know, hot chocolate or ice cream or something just to have that because they would come back feeling a little more refreshed and ready mm-hmm. to kind of 
in the family again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's just, a, I think it's a struggle for all of us as parents to, yeah. to see the, the hurt kind of behind it. And sometimes the kids can't even express it. They don't really know why they're feeling funny right. or mm-hmm. sad. And I kind of feel like kids in general, um, like society, sometimes we struggle with the whole emotional piece. <laughs> we don't understand yeah. how we're feeling and, um, you know, let alone why we're feeling that way. We don't understand that we're maybe feeling lonely or betrayed or left out or something a little mm-hmm. bit more complicated mm-hmm. than sad. And when right. kids know that they can, or when they feel loved and they have something to replace that with, then they can do a little bit better. I like that you guys did that one-on-one time with the dad. It's awesome. Yeah, that helped. And exactly what you're saying is there's just so many confusing things that that kids in general can face. But then as, as soon as you have a, a blended family situation, there's just you know, several more layers uh-huh. of confusion. And um, I think that we're just kind of dealing with something unnatural when we're living with a blended family. You know, there's, yeah. it can be a beautiful thing and it can be wonderful, but there can also be some really deep hurts and some real sense of loss that the kids have. Uh-huh. And even the parents can have as they, um, you know, had to close a chapter on maybe their previous marriage and didn't work out. And there's feelings of loss there or, you know, not, maybe they're not necessarily sad about it, but it still is a loss that they have to then work through to get into their next marriage um, or next relationship. And so kids, kids feel that too. And then they have now all sorts of different adults telling them, Uh you know, what they should do (laughs) and where they should be. And so it's, yeah, I think, I think we all have to have empathy but um, finding little ways that they respond to love has also been a way that I've been able to um, kind of keep everything in check. Yeah. For example, my stepson, he's, he's now 18, but his, um, his whole life, he's just been a, a gift giver. He just loves to give people gifts. I mean, he doesn't do it every day, but when, he, when it's a you know, time of the year for a gift, he really spends a lot of time preparing something that he's made or buying something with his saved money. And he loves to give those gifts. And so knowing that about him, I could really see like, Hey, you know, we're having a bad day. There's been some attitude issues. There's been some frustrations between us or whatever. You know, I've had to really humble my heart and say, I could just be mad and bang my head against the wall or try to force him out of this funk. Or how about I get him a his favorite candy bar and lay it on his bed. And then when he gets home from school, he sees that, you know? And and so those kinds of little acts of love that I've tried to do over the years have, you know, I think they've softened, they've softened the hearts, but I mean, I'm not perfect. I have (laughs) plenty of things that have gotten me into trouble. (laughs) When you're aware of, aware of how they respond to love and you can, you can make that, you know, extend the olive branch and try to reach them a little bit and get to their heart. Right. So, you mentioned that your stepkids are adults now. Yeah. What's your relationship with them like now? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a long road of the stepmom life and it's, it's interesting that now we're entering this new chapter. You know, you always kind of hear about yeah. the, you know, with blended families, your honeymoon is kind of after they leave the home. <laughs> yeah. You really get that honeymoon period when you're first married. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of interesting to be in that, kind of that area. So my stepson is going to be leaving for college in the fall. So he's home with us for the summer. And then my stepdaughter, she normally would be coming home in the summers from college, but she decided this year, she's um, just going to be entering her senior year of college. So she decided to stay wow. and work over the summer and all that. So, you know, it's definitely new to have, to have her not here for the summer and just kind of 
feels a little emptier without her. You just expect, yeah. you know, certain times of the year to see your kids, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, a long journey of being a full, very chaotic and loud house <laughs> and lots of emotional needs. I've always joked that, you know, I feel like I have, we had every stage of child development in our home, you know, from newborn, <laughs> toddler, preschooler, preteen, and teen. like there was always drama. It didn't matter <laughs> if it was, you know, like a toddler screaming for the right colored cup or, a, you know, schooler who's all sullen because so-and-so didn't talk to them or, right. you know, or a teenager who didn't get the role on the play they wanted, you know, there's always something yeah. to kind of deal with. And so I think that as those things are kind of moving on, you know, they've, they're moving on from those areas of their life, you know, we certainly can bond in other ways, but there's just less things to have to deal with. So that's, it's been kind of interesting. And I always, my husband and I always joke that when we, when one thing, you know, we kind of have that moves on or, you know, take one stressor out of our life, not that the kids are, but you know, like we always want to add on something else. So it's like, we just hit, you know, it's like, Oh, what should we renovate next? Or what should we, you know, what big trip should we plan? It's like, no, we can just relax and, and enjoy it. It has to always be chaotic. Oh, how funny. So, so traveling back in time a little bit, how did you and your husband meet each other? We met at um, an international music camp, actually, in northern North Dakota on the border of Canada. No of all way. places. That's cool. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we're both musicians, and we were on faculty there teaching and got to know each other. And it was nice because even though we didn't have that much time together, we knew a lot of the same people who, mm-hmm. you know, could validate character and all those things <laughs> that you check yeah. out before you get married. Right. <laughs> and so we worked there a couple summers together and realized that this was something that we needed to pursue. So, but he was living in Colorado and I was living in Iowa at the time. So we basically just did a really, really fast courtship, you know, flying back and forth when we could to see Mm -hmm. each other. Um, Within 10 months, we were already married. So it Uh just flew by. Um, And then we got married and realized, wow, I really don't know you. (laughs) I mean, we did, but we didn't. So, um, you know, it's one thing to be staring across the table, you know, with a glass of wine and, you know dreaming about your future together and it's another thing to get married and all of a sudden have kids in the picture and you're having to you know live life and and confront discipline issues and Mm -hmm. make decisions together and then of course there's a with an ex-wife in the picture so then there's always that element too so um it was a real I say like kind of a culture shock for our you know our relationship to get it actual marriage territory. And so that first year we were married was, it was quite a, an interesting experience <laughs> as, we, as we got to know each other. And uh-huh. um, yeah, it definitely, I would say it's probably not what most newlyweds experience, but you know, as, <laughs> yeah. as stepmoms, that's probably pretty common, right? Yeah, so. definitely. So just out of personal curiosity, you told me that you're an oboist. What instrument does your husband play? He's a trumpet player. Okay. Awesome. So... <laughs> That makes my brain kind of, you know, <laughs> think about things. You know, it's funny with, if you want to get into the corny musical jokes, um, <laughs> oboe players can be kind of, their stereotype is neurotic and, you know, detail oriented and all that. And trumpet players are like, hey, let's have fun. And <laughs> so that was kind of what we got into in the marriage was like, you know, I have a very serious way of wanting to deal with issues. And uh-huh. he's like, hey, it's not a big deal. Um and it was really fun when we were dating and it has been fun since we've learned, you know, the strengths <laughs> and those qualities and right. the, you know, the things we can work on. 
But I think right away at the beginning, it was just such a shock to the system because I had come in as a single woman with pretty strong ideas about parenting and how things would work. And I dealt uh-huh. with kids for a long time. And, and you know, I had come from a, a family situation where my parents were just very consistent in their discipline and just consistent in so many things. So, you know, I came into this um, sort of pre-made family as the outsider uh-huh. and had to say, well, wait a minute, <laughs> where is my place in this family? Yeah. You know, it's kind of like three against one or however many, you know, for others, but for us, it was three and and me. So um, it was easy to feel like I didn't have a place. They had all their their jokes and their history and their memories and their um, people they knew and all the things that I just had to sit there and go, okay, now is it always going to feel like this? Mm -hmm. Am I always going to feel like the outsider? And what about these really annoying things that I really can't stand? (laughs) (laughs) I have one friend who talks about that a lot because she has older stepdaughters and they love like playing video games and anime stuff and she hates it. And she's like, let's go do something outside. And the kids are like, yeah, outside. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. I hear that a lot too. And, And that's hard when they're, when you're coming in and they're already teenagers, mine were just still not quite, you know, they were still had that little bit of a, um, a childish innocence to them. But that being said, I did have to really learn that timing is so important when we have things that we feel like they need to be addressed because I think, you know, coming in, not only was I feeling like an outsider in the family, but I was also feeling like I kind of could see all their problems. Uh (laughs) I could see all the things that weren't really working. Like, Hey, (laughs) I'm willing to help you. And, you know, I wanted to get routines started for bedtime, you know, let's right. brush our teeth and get these, you know, let's do your homework and, and finish it and yeah. do your reading and all these things that were kind of a struggle, not for my stepdaughter necessarily. She was way more self-motivated, but especially for my stepson who hadn't mm-hmm. really, um, you know, just, it hadn't really been a priority. So for me coming in and saying, look, we're going to have some consistency in our expectations for him. And I mean, not just, I wasn't coming in as a drill sergeant. I mean, I really <laughs> right. did want a relationship <laughs> with them. But we also had to um, figure out as a husband and wife what was necessary and what was something that could wait or needed to wait until right. there was more of a relationship established so that it wasn't just me basically feeding into my husband's ear what you need to say. Like, you know, mm-hmm. here's word by word, now <laughs> say it and then he's going to do it kind of thing. Because that just, you know, that would, that did at times breed resentment because sometimes right. they would see me having an issue with something that he had never had an issue with before, Mm -hmm. you know, for example, respect or how we talk to each other or making demands or things like that. And I would say, it's not going to work. I don't, I don't buy into that way of talking to adults. Uh And so let's figure out a a kind way to speak to each other. Let's figure out a respectful way to speak to each other. And, um, but yeah, if I wasn't careful, it became very quickly a, um, well, dad's just telling me that because you told him to tell him him that, tell me that. And so I had to be um, careful that it wasn't just me, um, yeah, controlling the situation and and fixing things that weren't ready to be fixed. So what kinds of things help you adjust to step parenting or like um, kind of what made it easier for you as you learned how to be a step parent that you wanted to be? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's a really big learning process, isn't it? I mean, 
just no quick fix. Right. I mean, even in, in parenting biological children, there's not one size fits all. I mean, right. even if you as even if you and your spouse are on the same page, you could have a kid that responds to what you're saying and a kid that totally doesn't respond to mm-hmm. what you're saying. Um, you have to change your tactic. And I think as far as being a stepmom, you know, you just have to come in understanding that you have to be teachable. You have to be humble uh-huh. and uh-huh. willing to say, hey, this isn't working. So what can we do differently? You know, I had to begrudgingly listen to my husband if he had something to say to me. <laughs> 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 it was a little harsh. Maybe you shouldn't, you know, okay, you're right. I need to change my tone or yeah. Yeah. So um, being humble has gotten both my husband and me to the place where we are now because if if we were too stubborn to look inside of ourselves, mm-hmm. um, we would have just been hitting our heads against the walls. Yes. All these. So um, I really think that um, if we try to give people space to be who they are um, and time to develop into who they you know are supposed to be, mm-hmm. um, it's it's so much more helpful and healthy to everybody involved if we can really do that in an encouraging way yeah. and in a helpful guiding way, yeah. you know, teaching, modeling, you know, I, for me, respect is a big deal. Like I, I really believe that we should respect others and I'm sure you feel the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we respect our elders and uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, it just, re- we respect property. We respect our city, you know, we respect things. So right, right. for me, I had to understand that, you know, there's a different element of respect going on in this home. And it wasn't like my husband was being disrespectful, but the kids were, were talking to him in a way that I thought was maybe a little abrasive because uh-huh. it just didn't bother him. It, it, for him, it, it didn't set him off the way it set me off. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, instead of coming in and saying like, you need to be respectful. You need to do this, this, and this to the kids. I said, Hey, you guys, let's, um, let's talk about all the great things that dad does for you. Let's, let's write him a letter or, you know, make him a card or a picture and show him how how much you love him and how much you appreciate what he's doing for you. Because as much as it maybe didn't bother him and it bothered me, I wanted to model to them what respect looks like. And so if I'm expecting my stepkids to be respectful of us, I had to also be careful that I was always respectful of them. You know, it's Mm -hmm. a two-way street. So um, I remember one time walking by the mirror and I just glanced in the mirror and it was, I don't know if it was kind of a rough day or something. And I saw my reflection and I thought, wow, I don't think I would want to be around me today (laughs) if I didn't have to be. You know, just the look on my face just wasn't pleasant. And boy, that's what my family is seeing. Mm-hmm. They're seeing this expression on my face. And so I really made a point to smile more. I really made a point when my, you know, when my family would walk in the room or I'd pass them in the hallway to give eye contact and to smile. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how that transfers into your actions. Yeah. Smiling. And it helps your, you know, your kids and your husband, or your spouse to, um, to really soften too. I think that kind of sets the tone mm-hmm. for yeah. how things will go after that. So that really has, was a challenge to myself was to really <laughs> watch my demeanor. Yeah, so. I agree. And that's hard. Cause, um, sometimes your facial expressions are not something that you're super aware of. 
you're like oh I have to monitor those okay cool that was not the face I meant to make there but I was very surprised or (laughs) shocked by what just happened and I always (laughs) thought I was pretty aware of nonverbal communication Uh until I got into a blended family and then I was like ah I need to get even better at this like more nuanced you know it's Uh it's a whole other level because Everybody takes everything so much more personally, I think, so true. you know, right? just my the right. look yeah. on my face at a transfer can impact a conversation mm-hmm. that bio mom and dad have later in, uh-huh. in the week, you yeah, know, right. yeah. so I'm like, okay, hey, get this. Come on, face. Let's work together. <laughs> Give yourself a little slap in the face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Warm it up. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And and going along with that too, with the transition time, because those are so challenging. Um, smiling is one thing for sure. And then I found that just our, um, being welcoming to the kids, you know, I think it can even go from, you know, where there may have been some personal anxiety of, okay, the kids are coming back this week or, you know, they're coming back for the summer, for example, how am I going to deal with this? How are we going to get through these certain behavioral concerns? How are we going to get through daily routines of, you know, people contributing to the household? How are we going to get through possible differences that my husband and I now have to face Mm -hmm. because they're there? You know, some of those things just aren't an issue until the kids are there. And so you don't really have to face those things. And so I think we can, um, as step parents, we can kind of work ourselves up into a tizzy getting (laughs) preparation for the transition. And so for me, it was, you know, sometimes just not attending the the drop off yes. or the, um, other times if I was in the car and it just happened to be that we were going to do that together. Um, really making an effort to, again, smile and then just say, Hey, I'm so glad to see you. I'm glad you're back. You know, uh-huh. yeah. kind of just, it, you know, not, it wasn't like it was devaluing my own feelings, but it was saying, look, I'm going to make an effort to set the tone the right way. Cause you know, the kids are coming into the car and, or to the house and not sure of the temperature of the room, you know, right. kind of you know, kind of set that tone. Um, and just kind of waiting to address the annoying issues or the uh-huh. frustrating things that you kind of want to pick on right away. Like, why are you wearing the, this outfit? That's not appropriate. <laughs> or why haven't you been fed a meal all day and it's 4 PM, you know, right. things yeah. get us all worked up. Um, those are things that we just have to like hold our, you know, take a breath, yes. bite our tongue, and then find a, a positive way to say whatever it is that we want to say. And I think that really helps the kids to feel more relaxed and uh-huh. probably will help with some of their behavioral issues as well. You know, if they, if they feel welcome yeah. they want to fight to be heard or seen. So definitely. I remember, I like what you said about smiling when you saw them. Cause I remember reading an article that was just like, no matter how you feel, just put a smile on your face when they come in the room. <laughs> and right. I noticed a difference almost immediately with my stepdaughters oh, that wow. they really responded well to that. Like no matter what kind of mood I was in or no matter what else they like, yeah. they were just happy and felt better to be there when I did that. And I felt yeah. fake at sometimes because I was like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> or like, yeah. oh, it's been a stressful day at work, but just to just putting on a smile and it helped right. so much and made such a shift in the transition. Mm-hmm. It's a really good idea, a really good thing to do. Yeah. It really, it softens people and it, it, softens, it softens me when I, you know, go into a store and the 
the clerk is smiling and friendly, it's like, I want to respond to that. And, mm-hmm. Or if they have a grouchy look on their face, you kind of back away slowly. It's going to buy them and go. So, but, you know, with our kids and our, and our spouses, we're just, um, we're, we really do have a powerful position to set the tone. Yes. And if we can do that in a loving way, it doesn't have to be, you know, it, it doesn't have to be fake all the time. It can be fake sometimes, but right. I mean, if we have a real issue, yeah, we definitely need to talk about the issue and, and fix that. Um, you know, talking with our husbands and, and, you know, talk, sometimes talking with the kids and like, we need to, we need to address this issue, yeah. but there's a time and a place for that. And it's yeah. definitely not when they first entered your space after transition, yeah. um, we need to have that buffer of, um, just feeling welcome and feeling like they belong. Right. I love that. Yeah. So, um, speaking of transitions and can I stop you for 28 yeah. minutes. Oh yeah. On anchor, the app we use for recording, it lets us do Okay, so let's talk a little bit about your relationship with BioMom, maybe what it was at the beginning when you first came into the picture um, and any changes that have happened since then. Yeah, so when we first um, when we first got married, we were living in the same town as her. So we were doing 50-50 split custody. So we did um, see her occasionally. But there was never a really, you know, formal meeting where we discussed co-parenting plans and things like that. Um, so we just kind of did our thing in our home and she did her thing in her home. You know, we had, of course, the the custody agreement that was from the court, but um, we just kind of did our thing. And then um, after that first year of marriage, my husband got a job opportunity in South Dakota, like I mentioned before. So we had to have that difficult talk about, you know, wanting to take the kids with us. Mm -hmm. And they had um, just a quick history of it. They, they had been living with us, you know, 50, 50 for the, that one year of marriage, but it wasn't every day, but they still got to know my husband and me as a married couple. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of knew what that home life looked at, looked like. Um, whereas their mother was just about to get married to another man that they hadn't really spent much time with. And she was also going to be moving. Oh, so they were going to have to choose between moving with us wow. into a situation where they did already know us as a family versus moving away somewhere else that was, um, you know, to, with a, a, a new man and his kids in the picture. So they wanted to stay with us because that was what was familiar and that was where they uh-huh. felt comfortable and safe. So, um, and then, yeah, we just, after that, so they were in um, fifth grade and eighth grade when we moved and that, that was started our life together as we know it. And that was um, really the beginning of, of us being a cohesive family. And I really, I'm thankful that we have had that, um, you know, there's obviously they get to go see her during the year at certain times and switching off holidays and part of the summer. Now that they're uh-huh. older, they're doing that less and less because they're busier and, right. you know, they, they coordinate that with, with her on their own now, but mm-hmm. you know, for a long time we did have to arrange flights and, um, you know, driving halfway, this kind of places. So, it was never easy, but, um, as far as day-to-day life goes, I would say I feel very blessed that we didn't have, um, that strong influence dictating how we managed our family or Uh lived our life. Um, she just kind of stayed out of it. So, yeah. That is really interesting. That'd be a hard decision, I think, for a fifth and eighth grader to make. Like, do you stay with your mom and this new person that you don't know, or do you go with your dad? And it would be really complicated. Yeah. And I think that at first they were, um, you know, when we first moved, 
I think they were thinking that they would still maintain a relationship with her right. despite being farther away. Uh-huh. Um, and it just, it really wasn't happening. There was just a lack of phone calls and things okay. like that. And, um, and visits wasn't happening. So the kids just kind of got into the routine of our family. And then of course, then we started having um, our kids, our, ours babies. Um, and so we built a family up together and, but I'm not trying to minimize the role of their birth mother in their hearts because uh-huh. that's, that's truly a part of every child, every person. And, um, you know, at times it seemed like it was all just okay. You know, they even called me mom. Uh-huh. They started calling me mom and would introduce me as mom. And, um, it was just, it seemed easier to just be mom, but there were times that I think the reality would sink in a little bit and they'd right. start to say, well, wait a minute, why is Heidi mom? Why isn't my mom the mom? You know, and uh-huh. it kind of brought up some um, really, I think, foreign emotions in my stepson when he was in middle school yeah. because he would sometimes, you know, he was overall, you know, cheery and talkative and whatever. Um, but then as soon as I had to ask him to do something that he didn't want to do or go finish his homework or, you know, go mow the lawn or whatever the you uh-huh. know issue was, all of a sudden it was like the wrath would come out and I couldn't understand where it was coming from. Like, how dare you tell me what to do kind of thing from him. And, um, it just was like, Whoa, where's this coming from? Cause we've been a cohesive family for the most Uh part. Um, but he was entering those, those teen years where all of his, (laughs) yeah, his emotions were just kind of going haywire. And I was starting to really take that personally because I had done so much invested so much but um, my husband really had to point out that, you know, in, until I really understood what he was saying, um, you know, it wasn't that it was against me as the stepmom. It was that he was feeling that loss from his own, you know, his own biological mother yeah. having that role in his life. And kind of so when, you know, things were a little rocky between my stepson and me, I, I think he would he would you know, in his mind, jump the fence to the grass is greener thing or why, you know, why yeah. is Heidi telling me what to do? Why isn't it my mom? raising me, telling me what to do. And so we would have to go through those sort of like hiccups and, and work through those issues so that we could get back to where we were. But that, you know, those couple of years were, were the rockiest time of our uh-huh. family life. So that was when we decided to go get counseling and it's, you know, just really explore why I was feeling so invalidated all the time and, and why right. my husband was feeling frustrated because he was, kind of put in the middle of yeah. his son's, you know, frustrations and my frustrations uh-huh. being, you know, more of a even tempered guy, <laughs> which sometimes translates as, you know, doesn't like conflict, but uh-huh. sometimes you can put these things head on to, to solve them, to get better. You know, it's, yeah. you can do it lovingly, but it, it, these things have to get addressed. They can't just get brushed under the rug. Yeah. And so I was feeling like, Hey, I need you to stand up for me. If my, if my stepson says something right. that is a little out of place or rude. Um, and if you don't stand up for me, I feel devalued. Mm-hmm. I need, and you know what? I'm willing to let you step into that role and I can back off for sure. But you need to say something like okay. it has to be, something has to be said. I don't have, I had to learn that I couldn't control the script of what he said. <laughs> right. I, I would love to type out something very lovely and long and say, this is what you can read to him. And this uh-huh. But it doesn't work that way. He had to be himself yeah. with his 
and really connect with his heart in a way that you would connect with him. And oftentimes that meant, you know, doing something, a side-by-side type of activity where they could, you know, just kind of talk about life and, Hey, by the way, I've noticed some tension. Where's, you know, where's that coming Mm -hmm. from? Um, So as I could sort of learn to back away a little bit from my stepson's animosity, what what it felt like animosity, and realize it's not me as a person um, right. that he's rejecting. It's my role that he's rejecting and he's confused. Uh-huh. And he's he's probably also feeling somewhat rejected himself by his birth mother yeah. who, you know, had was far away. So there's a lot of a lot of again, a lot of those layers that come back uh-huh. and sometimes confuse us and make us react in a way that isn't the best reaction. It's kind of a reaction that makes it worse. (laughs) I have a question about that really quick, if that's okay. Um, You kind of talked us through some of the stuff that you just said to help resolve that situation. What other things do you feel like helped you either depersonalize what he was doing or help resolve the situation where he was feeling probably abandoned by his mom and confused about what was happening? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I think anytime we use empathy, we can we come from a place where it's not just, I want to fix this because I want my life to be better. I, yeah. I want to fix this because I value you as a person and I want your life to also be better. Mm-hmm. Like not, you know, I think that it's, it's easy for us as adults to just assume that the kids aren't thinking about all these things or that they should just be pushed into this mold of how to act and how to right. behave. And we're missing, we're missing the cues. Um, so yeah, there were times where, um, you know, for example, if we're sitting at the dining room table and having dinner together and my stepson would say something that I would consider be, you know, would consider be to be rude or inappropriate. Um, I would jump in and just say, Hey, that wasn't polite. That was rude. That was blah, blah, blah. And then my stepson would then defend himself uh-huh. and then defend myself. And then my husband's like, no, <laughs> because <laughs> that's just. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't jump in. It was I didn't give an op- him an opportunity to jump in and save the situation from right. you know completely unraveling. But so then you know another scenario would be sitting at the dining room table and having my stepson say something inappropriate, and me just sitting there waiting for my husband uh-huh. to fix the situation <laughs> and him not even realizing it was a problem. <laughs> so we had to come to a balance of look, I want you to be able to to you know, step in and say what you need to say so that you can sort of, um, you know, diffuse the situation in a way that you want to do it. Yeah. But if, if I'm feeling somehow, um, like I've been offended or hurt and, and you're not picking up on that, or you don't think it's worth saying anything about, that's also not helping. So we need to, you know, I realize that if I would say, you know, maybe a little hint, like, Hey, I don't think that's quite appropriate. And that would sort of be the signal to my husband, like, oh, okay, my wife just now was not happy with that comment. That's my that's right. my cue to say something. <laughs> so that is kind of, you know, kind of the like the kick under the table and you know, just like, hey, address this. Exactly. And that way I could back <laughs> off. And then when I was starting to back off more, um, my stepson started to realize that it wasn't just me uh-huh. handling the discipline are handling the behavior and slowly but surely he started to allow my husband to take that role in his life which he hadn't really been used to he uh-huh. had kind of been used to the fun dad 
Um, so yeah, he, re- he revolted against that for a little while, but <laughs> I have to say, and this is kind of summarizing many years of, of hard work, but now, you know, being 18 years old, um, we're really, really, um, seeing the fruits of that labor. We're seeing him be able to self-regulate his, you know, his responses to things and yeah. apologize. Maybe that came out rude. I'm sorry. That's um, awesome. yeah, just to see that he's aware of, um, of himself and how he fits into the world. So yeah. And how his like responses can trigger responses in other people. And yes, exactly. That's a big thing for a lot of kids. That's valuable for me to hear right now because we are in the thick of it with both of my stepdaughters, but especially my younger stepdaughter, you know, just lots of retorts all the time, very defensive and very like, Mm -hmm sometimes dishonest about stuff, you know? So yeah, we've been there too. That's I, I appreciate hearing that, you know, from a perspective of like, Hey, the hard work pays off (laughs) because right now I'm like, Oh, it's so important. It's, it's so difficult to think this way, but it's so important in the, in the moment when you're in that, like you're saying, kind of in the trenches of everything is just falling apart. You can't, it's like, you don't have control over anybody. Um, It's just so important to know that today is not going to determine the outcome of the future. Today's fight. And I, you know, there'd be days where we'd have wonderful days and I just think, wow, I'm finally getting it as a step. (laughs) I mean, like learning my place and, you know, not in a submissive, like weird way, but just in a way of, look, I I have a place. (laughs) There's a time and a place to say things, and there's a time and a place to just shut up and, right. and wait for things to happen. <laughs> and I, you know, I'd have days like that, and we just, you know, I get along great with my stepson, or, or have a wonderful conversation with my stepdaughter, and then the next day, it was just like, what happened? Where yeah. did this go? We had such a great bond, and right. and now it's like, no, I'm not going to do what you ask me. Or, you know, with my stepdaughter, it was more of a. Um, you know, girls and guys, of course, they're slightly different. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and so she, she's very sensitive. So yeah. if I would, you know, even ask her to do something differently, like, hey, you know, maybe could like when you take out the trash, put the bag back in the trash can. I'd have to say it in such a friendly way so that she didn't get offended that, you know, well, I took out the trash for you. Wasn't that good enough? Like, uh-huh. Thank you so much for taking the trash out. Would you mind putting the trash bag in next time? That'd be great. Thank you. Uh-huh. You know, changing how I talked so that we were actually using our words to build each other up all the time, not just when we had those kind of special conversations. Right. But you know, if we did have a bad day or if we did have a meltdown of some sort, or I, if I lo- lost my temper and, you know, it's so easy to just start beating yourself up and like, Oh, this is never going to get better. And this is the way we're going to live. And maybe we shouldn't go on. Maybe this is the end of us. Um, you know, that is just, it's just part of the process, a bad day, a good day. They're all part of the process and we grow from those. Yeah. And if we start to get too, you know, up on our high horse with the good days, it can, really, <laughs> it can come crashing down pretty far the next day. Yes. If we can, you know, like a even keeled sort of way, which is, you know, I admit it's a little hard for me, um, but to just trying to keep the emotion somewhat out, or at least my own need for affirmation right. out of the mix. And I can be a, I can be a much more stable parent that way. So, yeah, that completely makes sense. I think, um, 
being aware of that and kind of riding the waves as they come like there's positives, yeah. there's negatives. None of them are going to last forever and it's all going to be okay. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you have a doggo. It's fine. <laughs> okay. So it sounds like once you moved, you didn't have as much like co-parenting to do. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, we made all the decisions, um, you know, just regarding medical stuff. And, and we also, um, part of the deal was that we wouldn't have child support. So uh-huh. we were doing everything on our own and, uh-huh. um, it, you know, it, it worked well. I mean, there were times where, you know, it was tight and yeah. it would have been nice to have child support, yeah. but we didn't want the money to get in the way of whether we could have the kids or not right. because we really wanted to have them with us. Um, so we were willing to just let that go. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, as far as every once in a while, they, they go visit and, um, you know, even I have to admit there are times where it felt really good that they would call me mom and I would kind of have to do a self check. Like, who is this, who is this about? Is this about me or is it about the kids? Because the kids still need to have as healthy of a relationship with their mom as possible. And how can I contribute to that? So, you know, sometimes I would just suggest, Hey, you haven't talked to your mom in a while. Why don't you give her a call? Uh-huh. And, um, you know, just why don't you send her a card for Mother's Day and, you know, not be pushy about it. And if they didn't want to, I wouldn't force them to. But right. it was just, I wanted them to see that I was fighting for their healthy well-being and healthy relationships and not mm-hmm. just what I'm getting out of this by, you know, having sort of reign over our home. So yeah. I just want it to be a, an important thing. That makes sense. I like that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, just a couple more questions. If you had to do this all again, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? Yeah, that's uh, that's quite the question. I know. <laughs> it's <laughs> loaded. Like everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything. Um, you know, I came in to the marriage just so excited. I was uh-huh. just ready to go as a mom and as a stepmom. I just, you know, I couldn't wait to just go through life with them and teach them things. And I mean, I was ready to do homework with them and read out loud to them at bedtime. You know, we just, I loved to have that like a family bonding thing right away. Uh-huh. But I think that, like I kind of mentioned before, timing is everything in a blended family. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we have to respect that just because we're ready for something doesn't mean that the kids yes. are or that our spouses are. So we have to really be willing and to be humble and say, look, this is maybe what I'd like to see happen. Uh-huh. Is this the best for everybody? Or even, you know, maybe some habits like, okay, well, they're all used to having ice cream before bed every night. <laughs> maybe that's not what I was thinking would happen. Uh-huh. But okay, it's not a deal breaker or, you know, other things that seem kind of big to us at the beginning. Yeah. Um, just trying to manage what is important and what isn't. And then when you do find something that is important to really be on the same page with the spouse yeah. as to like, how can we address this in a way that, you know, and I call them my kids now, but you know, basically it, it had to be him deciding what the best way to deal with his kids was, you know, and how to approach it because he did have the history and the background. Um, you know, and as we went on, um, I noticed that, that, that dad guilt that we talk about, you know, with yeah. blended family, um, that dad guilt was definitely playing a part in, in a lot of the decisions. And yeah. that was something I never would have been able to foresee going right. into it. 
And that kind of sh- shook me and it, it caught me off guard because I thought, well, you know what's right and you know what you could be saying and yet you're saying it this way to, you know, to not push that child away or to make them want to run over to their mom's house instead. And I thought, boy, let's just be consistent. Let's, let's set a standard that works for everybody and then just go with that thing and, and kind of not be wishy-washy about it. But that was something that, because I didn't have a background with a divorce and, and children that were now with a different parent, I couldn't necessarily understand. And so I probably would go back and say, look, there are things that I'm not going to get right now. I'm not going to know how you're feeling and all the emotions that you're going through as a, as a parent. And I'm going to give you some grace as you explore our new life together and just learn together, you know, to build, I would have built my husband up more. I would have, I would have, I wouldn't have focused so many on, so much on the things that he wasn't doing, right? but right. focus more on the, the positive attributes that he had. And, um, and then, you know, over time, encourage those to get better or encourage, you know, one of the things that later on, I know I'm skipping around, but when we were um, going through that counseling time with him, my stepson being a, you know, kind of a middle schooler. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we work in middle schools, so we get yeah. that. <laughs> Well, then you get it quite well. Um, Yeah. So that was just that really kind of rough period in our family. And um, the counseling was really helping. But I remember our first experience with like kind of putting all that work in the counseling to the test was about a year later. It was New Year's Eve. And he and my stepson had wanted to go out or something. And he had a curfew and that we had both you know, agreed, we'd all agreed to, uh-huh. but then he, um, ended up getting invited to go over to somebody's house to play cards or something. And so my stepdaughter was home at the time because she was home from Christmas break from college. And he said, well, just tell, tell mom and dad that I went out uh-huh. <laughs> coming to wake us up and tell us, you know, he uh-huh. just, you'll just be able to tell them, you know, if they ask. Uh-huh. So he was gone and we, you know, we came out looking for him at curfew and wondering where he was and, um, wasn't there. Well, the next day we talked about it and boy, that was when, um, you know, I'm sitting there going, this is awesome because my stepson was for the very first time in our entire marriage saying you guys. And I thought, this is, he's, he's united us as a married couple. (laughs) Dad says this and you say this and I want to do what dad says. It was you guys are ruining my life. Uh-huh. You, you know, you're too strict. And you're I was celebrating. Like, yes. <laughs> and you're celebrating. I was celebrating. My husband is over there going, this is the worst way to start the new year. In this big fight. And I said, no, didn't you get that? That was, that was him seeing us as a United front because for the very first time he realized that we were a team. And I wanted that so desperately uh-huh. as a husband and wife to be a team that, um, that rallies for our family, but is, mm-hmm. is consistent. And so I thought, well, Hey, if all that counseling led to that moment, and you know, I think my That's husband awesome. finally got it. Said, oh, you're right. <laughs> I get now where you're coming from. So I, Cause I said, sometimes the conflict, you know, it's not fun to go through, but when we can talk through it and get through it in an honest and open way, we can really benefit from having that exposure yeah. to, the, to the issue and, and see where the healing can start. So I love that. Oh, I'll have to remember that next time my stepdaughter's screaming, you guys are so mean. 
<laughs> that is, again, if she says, you guys are so mean, you're like, you bet we are. And we love you too. So, we're united. <laughs> oh, I love That's that awesome. so much. Well, Heidi, is there anything else that you would like to share? Anything that you want to say to other step parents just to put out there to them so that they know? Yeah. Um, you know, I have a real heart for, um, for others and, and stepmoms and moms in particular, um, because, you know, we really are all very similar. We all, you know, have very similar insecurities and frustrations. Okay. And, um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, the things that we experience, you know, we may, our, all of our individual situations are going to be different. They're mm-hmm. going to be slightly different because it's different personalities and different temperaments, different, um, you know, custody situations. Yeah. But in general, I think we we think more alike than we are different. Uh-huh. So I would just love for step parents to know that, you know, if there is something that isn't sitting right or it doesn't feel good and you know, you're not feeling the validation that you feel like you you need or that you've, you've worked so hard for, um, kind of look inside yourself and say, what is driving this? What is driving this frustration or anger or, or sadness in me? Is it, you know, an unmet expectation? Uh Is it, um, an inner need from the past or somebody's maybe hurt me in the past or what's going on that, um, is, basically causing me to react the way I am reacting. Because I think that we sometimes look at our stepkids and say, look, this is a dead end situation. It's not going to ever get any better. And it can feel so disheartening and it can feel like a failure. But you know what? We can all look inside of ourselves and say, hey, I might need this affirmation or I might need that validation, but I can't expect that person to make me happy. I have to be, you know, I have to model the respect that I want and I have to model the attitude and the climate in the home. So yeah, it's just kind of, um, feeling that, that loss of control and how can we, um, how can we turn that around so that we're all feeling like we're able to express ourselves in a healthy way, create those boundaries Mm -hmm. and, you know, come to a conclusion that is, I mean, it sounds a lot easier when I say it this way than (laughs) in our life. But I mean, it's a start. You have to have those conversations. You have to just um, use that sandwich technique of, you know, when yes. you come to your school, say one nice thing and then one, you know, challenge, uh-huh. criticism, <laughs> and then followed by the last thing that's more positive because people really do want to rise to the challenge of being, you know, of, of being that person that you believe in them to be. Yeah. And we all want to be. Um, believed in. We all want to be mm-hmm. believe that people care enough about us to to give us that encouragement to be that person. So yeah. I think that as step parents, that's really our job. Sometimes we may not get to be the mom or dad, you know, per se, but we can we can speak so much life and goodness and truth into our uh-huh. these kids that we've been um, graced with in our lives. And and even if it's rough and it's you have a bad day, you know, you can still um, give them grace and and. Yeah. St- you know, boundaries with grace. So I love that Heidi. So if people want to find you, where should they go? Well, I have a blog. It's called not just a stepmom.com. And I also write, um, under the same name at, on the Facebook page. So that would be where to find me. 
Okay. I love that. Thank you so much. It's been so fun to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed talking to you both. Insights. I love it. Good. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. And I've really enjoyed um, a lot of what you're putting out there on Facebook. And that's Uh how we found you Uh was, (laughs) thank you. You know, you're just really thoughtful and um, very good at point at putting important information into a condensed and beautiful format for everyone. Oh, thank you <laughs> so. so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. I love, you know, that's the thing I, one of the reasons I started the blog was to be able to put into words all the confusing things that I've felt over the years uh-huh. and yeah. just kind of feeling like I was in a fog for a long time, kind of coming out of it now as, like I said, entering this new phase. <laughs> You can kind of look back reflectively and say, look, this is where we've come from. And and to try to just show others that this is, it is difficult and I'm not going to water it down. It is really hard sometimes, but there is hope and people Mm -hmm. do, people do change. We have to give them the room to change. We have to give them the, um, the belief in them that we, you know, that we see that they can grow and, and, um, blossom, I guess. So. I, I believe in that. So that's why I write. I'm not, you know, I'm not perfect and I certainly make mistakes, <laughs> but you know, I learned from a lot of those mistakes and uh-huh. enjoy to write about. So. Well, thank you. We appreciate yeah. what you're doing. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> that's it for now. But in the meantime. Good. On you.